God damn it. Am I live? Can I do it? Hold up. Woo! And we are back once again with another installment of the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. I'm your host today, Kevin C. Pride. Thank y'all so much for tuning in on Facebook. I see you, Miss Lily. Keep on watching. I got a good one for you today. In studio with me right now, I got Brian K. Marshall from Passkey Entertainment, also known as Mr. ATL's Hottest. And also, whew, I got to calm down. I get crunk. As <laughs> soon as it starts, I, I get to lose my breath. And also, Statehouse Representative Derek Jackson. Make sure y'all go vote tomorrow, June 9th is the day. All right, let's get it rolling. So, first of all, let me remind everyone about the new features that we have on the Atlanta Business Journal. Please check out atlbusinessjournal.com and go check out the new ABJ Talkback feature. You can just click the button, send us a beautiful message, and we will play that right here on the Real 1100 AM number one rated business show, ATL Business Journal Radio. Also, June 17th. If you are in the Douglasville area at 2115 Fairburn Road, Jumpin' Joy is reopening. Great place for the family. Great place for the kids. We got trampolines, wall-to-wall, and state-of-the-art art, state-of-the-art arcade. That's a hard one to say. Also, June 15th at 10 a.m., I will be taking over Atlanta Business Radio X, sitting down with my good friend Lee Cantor. My interview will be on June 15th at 10 a.m. In the news, here we go. Oh, also, if you are on my Facebook page right now, if you are looking, please go check out Under the Gold Dome from last week. I'm telling y'all, if you were not live a part of this discussion, y'all missed a great one. We had the chief of police uh, from South Fulton along with one of his special operations officers uh, uh, and a couple of young concerned citizens. But I, I, I promise you, they laid out some great information. If you're concerned about police brutality, if you're concerned about racism, I mean, all of that. We really uh, hit home on some great issues on that show. So y'all really need to check that one out and keep it going. And also, if you got questions or you got some topics that you want to hear discussed by your legislators, please let us know. Miss Randall Sherrell, I see you. Keep watching. Keep watching. In the news, let's get to it. The Atlanta police chief says charges against officers are political. Police Chief Erica Shields told Atlanta police officers Monday that her firing of two cops involved in excessive force arrest during Saturday night's protest was justified, but said criminal charges filed against them by Fulton District Attorney Paul Howard was a tsunami of political jockeying during during an election year. Shields also said in the memo to all APD employees that the charges have caused multiple agencies to end their support for the department in the ongoing protests against police violence that entered a six, six consecutive night on Wednesday. Uh, we have reached out to Paul Howard for his response on these allegations. We will call it that. In other news, while we talk about Keisha Lance Bottoms, she got a drink. She got her own drink now. Uh, Atlanta Brewery names new beer after Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Bottoms up. And Atlanta Brewery. All right. All right. <laughs> and Atlanta Brewery is teaming up with some good people to honor Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Best Inn Brewery, which is located in the West End, released a new beer last week. It's called Starting Started from the Bottoms. Okay. Okay. 
We all got to go up to the West End and have a start from the bottoms. I can't wait. The beer was named after the Atlanta mayor for her handling of the recent protests and managing the COVID crisis in the city. Over the past few weeks and days, we have been in awe of our mayor. Her handling of the myriad of difficult situations she has had to navigate has inspired us. So we decided to name our newest beer an Amber Lager in honor of her and the work she has done for the great city of Atlanta, the brewery said. She deserved it, I got to say. She, she really do. I mean, she has she has really put this city on her back. She has really shouldered this whole crisis that we're going through through the protests. <coughs> I mean, through it all. And like, I am I am so proud. I don't know if y'all been watching CNN, but oh, she yeah. on there like every day now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, she is. A lot of folks talking about VP. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna pick up for VP just yet. I don't know. I saw the article today. I was looking at that to say that she's one of the people being looked at. I, I, like, I know. Okay, all right. I see. <laughs> I don't know. I. I I, I'm I'm thinking Val Demings looks pretty good. I, I'm not sure about Kamala Harris. I don't know if Kamala Harris is going to be the one that he picks. I know they're doing a lot for Stacey Abrams right now. I don't know if yeah. Joe is looking at her like that, but the pressure is. Like, they're really pushing her name heavy. Mm-hmm. She's a good one. Thousands of demonstrators joined marches across Metro Atlanta for the 10th day in a row, protesting police brutality and racial injustice in a public outcry that shows no signs of letting up. And the city of Atlanta, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms again canceled an overnight curfew that had been started, uh, that had been slated to start at 8 p.m. after doing so the night before. Bottoms instituted curfews after the first night of demonstrations turned violent on May 29 and took a gamble in rescinding the lockdown for the first time Saturday night. But demonstrators stayed peaceful Saturday and again Sunday as dusk approached. Uh, President Donald Trump and many on the right presume mayors and governors to crack down on demonstrators who have taken to the streets across the country since the Memorial Day death of George Floyd, who died at the hands of police in Minneapolis. Bottoms and other mayors said Trump's words only worsen the situation. And then he got the nerve to sit up here and spray tear gas on people just so they'll move so he can go walk up here and take his little Hitler shot in front of the uh, in front of the church. I like man, come on. Even the church didn't want him there. Yeah. What kind of mess is that? Yeah. That was, that was he had the Bible upside down, right side up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. And we all know he don't read it. You remember Corinthians 2 when he was running? <laughs> like Corinthians 2 says. I'm like, dude. <sighs> Atlanta, restaurant. <laughs> Atlanta restaurants see uptick in business Saturday night with no curfew. Many Atlanta restaurant owners let out a sigh of relief with no curfew in effect and an uptick in business Saturday night. Channel 2's Christian Jennings checked out the scene at several restaurants across Atlanta during another night of peaceful protests. A few restaurants said the curfew hurt sales just as they were starting to reopen on the heels of COVID-19. But this weekend felt like the first somewhat normal that Saturday night owners have had in months. It's a beautiful thing. Huh. <sighs> All right, supporting the protest. 28 celebrities who marched in protest this weekend. Uh, this is coming from BuzzFeed. Uh, let's see. Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez. Michael B. Jordan. Margaret Cayley. Kaya Gerber and Cole Sprout. Do you know any of these folks? Have you heard of any of these folks? Michael B. Jordan, of course we all know him because now his movie free. But, oh, and J-Lo. And Alex Rodriguez. I don't know some of these folks. Uh, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. I don't think this is the article that we thought it was going to be. 
Uh, let's see. Jamie Foxx, we expect you to be out there, brother. Uh, Joe Keery, I have no idea who that is. John Petit, all right, we're just going to start reading these folks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, also in BuzzFeed, which I thought this was, a, it was funny. So, BuzzFeed put this thing out, said, just 27 cool products from black-owned businesses. Uh, and the best they could come up with was bamboo tea, a bunch of hair care products, a book about hair care, a black history tote bag, a vegan matte lipstick, and a whole bunch of products by Rihanna. So for BuzzFeed, let me allow y'all something just in case y'all did not know. These are some, these are 30 things that black people created. The automatic gear shift, America's first clock, automatic elevator doors, the blimp, the blood bank, clothes dryers, dust pans, electric lamps, folding chairs, gas heated furnace, the gas mask, the golf tee, home security system, ice cream scooper, the ironing board, lawnmower, lawn sprinkler, the mailbox, the modern lock, the modern toilet, the mop, of course, the pacemaker, one we all proud of, portable pencil sharpener, potato chips, the reversible baby stroller, the super soaker. We actually know that guy, and we're going to have him on uh, as a guest. Suspenders, the thermostat, the touch-tone telephone. We're a little bit out of date on that one. It's all right. <laughs> and the traffic light. So we have done more than hair care products, Greg. We have. And I don't know if they, they just happen. I don't know if you like peanut butter or not, but I'm pretty happy George Washington Carver discovered, discovered that one. Mm -hmm. But in studio today, I have the one and only Bryant K. Marshall from Pass Key. And is it Pass Key Choice or Pass Key Entertainment? So it's Pass Key Choice Global Network. Oh, it's Global Network. Now. That's right. What it is. We moving. I'm on. gonna have to change the name. My show. Well, we we not just the number one rated anymore. We the global number one rated. Ain't that right? Absolutely. Greg say, do your show, man. Just Absolutely. do your show. So what you got going on, man? Oh man, we are between uh, this twelfth annual ATL's Hottest Awards. Wow! And, uh, it's been twelve years. I, I remember when years. that first came out. Like seriously, yeah. I remember. Yeah, man, it's been a long road, but we got here to twelve years and excited to be here. You know, we've honored a lot of awesome talent and awesome businesses over the past twelve years. So we're just looking eleven years, but we're looking forward to doing it again this year. You know, wow. um, because of the whole pandemic and things being shut down, we're having to alter the way we're doing a few things. Okay, we haven't been able to be out with the awards patrol at the different events and things of that nature like we normally do. We're normally in the streets at the venues and events and kind of seeing what the people are doing firsthand. But we haven't been able to do that, of course. Okay. But we've been doing it online. So we've changed up a few things with how we're doing the nominations and things this year. But we're looking forward to an awesome year. Yeah, we got to roll with the punches. I hear you on that, man. Yeah. Now, is do you think y'all going to be able to still do an award show this year? Or, or are you going to have to kind of do it all online and, and do it via Zoom? Or you think we're going to actually be able to have this gathering? Because well, you, you know, get a lot of folks. Yeah. Well, you know, my... my uh, my sincere desire, of course, is that we can get together. And, um, you know, the way things are opening, things are kind of opening up kind of slowly. So we may be able to be able to do the award show. I'm anticipating being able to do it if we have to do it in a modified form. A few years ago, we started breaking the awards up 
into different days so okay. we didn't have to have such a big venue mm. so we started breaking it down per category we did the the model categories everything that had to do with fashion in one cat in one award show together and then we put the actors and the actresses in a whole separate award show by themselves so we kind of broke it down so we didn't need this massive place to fit all these people so the award show now it's um it's a week-long event now wow yeah so we got a proclamation from the city of atlanta for our 10th year for the first weekend in December, first week in December, ATL's Hottest Awards Week. So wow, we break okay. it down. So we do events over that period of time, um, seven days for the awards. So, you know, we won't have to have such a big crowd. So I think, you know, we'll be able to do the awards show um, in person. So preferably that things keep progressing the way they are, we should be able to do that. I hope so. Now, you ain't having that the week of the 17th because I got this top 25 Atlantis thing I got to do <laughs> the week of the 17th. Nope, the first week. First week All in right. December is our week. Yeah. So we coming to you first and then you coming to us after that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Support, support. Now, tell me uh, about Passkey Entertainment and uh, some of the different shows and a different variety of, uh, of, of media and stuff that you guys are putting out. Absolutely. So, again, we're Passkey Choice. Um, we're the Passkey Unlocking Doors to a new choice of entertainment, events, venues, and everything you're looking for, business solutions. You come to the Passkey, we can unlock that door and get you what you're looking for. Wow, okay. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you work right on that one before down. you came out? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our network in general is uh, a network in the true fashion of networking. It's, it's businesses and entertainers and um service providers and people who have products and people who have something they want to present to the world, we ask you to join the Passkey Choice Global Network. And as a network, we work together. Um, there are benefits associated. There's different levels of membership. There's the bronze free membership. There's a gold, sil silver, gold, platinum. We add, just add a diamond membership. Okay. So each level of membership has extraordinary benefits attached to it. Um, those benefits include everything from discounts on hotels, car rentals, business services, websites, apps. So whatever you're looking for, you know, you can come to the Passkey for. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. Now, I also heard TV in there. Yeah. So so what's y'all doing on the on the TV aspect? Yeah, man, I'm excited about that. We um we had a deal a few years ago to create a television network for the airport that kind of went another way. Wow. But uh, in the process, I... Um, I learned how to build a TV network because we actually had built it. And so once that, that situation didn't go as planned, I'm like, you know what? God never brings me to a situation where there's not anything for me to learn and take away from it. Okay. And uh, I said to myself, guess what? I helped build that TV network, and guess what we're going to do? I'm going to build another one. Wow. And okay. so we started from scratch and uh, built the sites and started connecting the dots. And um, we've been up and running for about two years now with the Passkey TV network. Wow. wow. Yeah, Paskey TV Network. Uh, we have over 30 channels. Okay. Um, everything from comedy, you know, lifestyle, news, sports channels. We have kids' channels. We're still building channels. Um, it's available. If somebody wants to have their own channel, they can lease their own channel on the network. Okay. Um, we're not like a YouTube where you can just upload any type of content. So we have different criteria that the content has to meet to be okay. able to air on the network. And um, and once the content is being aired on the network as a marketing company, which we are as well, so we actually market the company, the, the, the channel, and the content, and the products. So we build this infrastructure where we are kind of one hand is washing the other. You know, you join the network, um, 
We promote your services. If you have products, we have an online store on okay. the network. So you have a, a book. You have whatever you need. You can put it on the pass key, and we can help you get it out there. Now, we're, we're really starting to see this emergence of, of everybody with these streaming networks. Mm-hmm. How is that competition starting to, to uh, bug you guys, or is, is that competition starting to kind of it's at you a little bit because I'm starting to see a lot of networks here in Atlanta, and I'm not just talking about like yeah. Disney and this type of stuff. I'm talking about it's a lot of folks popping oh, up yeah. with networks. Oh yeah. So and don't get me wrong, I think all of us has has the ability to grow out here, and, and all of us can really you know split this market up. Mm-hmm. But is some of the competition because you've been in the space a little bit longer than a lot of these yeah. other guys. So is that competition starting to bite at you a little bit? You know, I wouldn't say bite at me. You know, there's room for everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I, I believe that, um, you know, once we find our niche, you know, we're working hard to create our um, our network or our circle of influence, you know, okay. and we're building ours, you know, and I don't really look to see what other people are doing a lot of times because okay. I, I don't want to be influenced by my creativity and what don't come in. I don't look to reinvent the wheel, but I don't like to to look at other people and start trying to do what other people are doing, you know what I mean, because I want to be able to be original you know as much as possible you know oh, yeah. my, my concepts and things of that nature but you know um you know I, I don't really look at it that way okay you know there are a couple of things that i have uh, or we have as a network have have started to do that we felt was groundbreaking and a couple of things i've seen other networks kind of doing and i'm like oh we got to speed up i want to get ahead of us because you know that was something that we really wanted to do so we have to kind of uh, work to stay ahead of the head of the pack a little bit. You know, that's how I go to do so. Yeah. Uh, another thing now, uh, the the big pivot mm-hmm. or the big shift uh, is is the big thing that everybody's been talking about lately because so many businesses has had to find a new way in this whole COVID area uh, area and this whole like ninety days that we've kind of been down. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that in in your line of, of work? I know you have on the award side, but on the passkey side, are you starting to benefit from? You know, so many people to pivot to looking at online content, or is it something that you guys are still trying to figure out as well? No, man, it's it's actually it's perfect. You know, okay. for a situation like ours, you know, because we're streaming television, we're streaming radio, so you know, that's right up our alley. You know, people are tuned; they have to get online. You know, because they can't go out, so we got to go online. You know, so having the sites up and the Roku channel, you know, that we have and. We're working on our apps for Amazon, for Apple TV and wow. Fire TV's working on those apps. So, you know, our goal is to be TV everywhere. Um, we also have a, um, a digital distribution where we actually distribute monitors and televisions to various locations like hotels, convenience stores, and things of that nature where we're able to customize the content to meet the audience in that particular venue. Oh, so you guys are into the, uh, I, I think everybody has coined it now, indoor billboards. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, we have, yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, how many locations you got? I'm just wondering because, you know, I need some advertising for the number one rated business. We got you, man. We got you, man. We got you. Absolutely. You know, um, and we want people to join the network. You know, go to pkce.tv, pkce.tv, at forward slash benefits. You can see all the benefits. You can sign up and see what you're going to get. And um, we also have a social media platform on there as well, Um, social business platform so business you, know, you join you can post about your business you know you can uh, follow other members you know connect with each other that way so we're looking at that, that site really as a, a place where you can really go to find everything you're looking for as much as possible wow and if it's not there let me know and i was going to put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> now what is it what does the future look like 
over the next uh, few years? What do you what would you like to see from your company? Well, um, definitely more of um, the global um, outreach piece of it. You know, we just uh, got new partners in Italy. Um, wow, just got new partners in Australia. Um, content media partners. You know, we have Nigeria. So we are, you know, really uh, expanding. You wow, know, and um, I'm welcome that. I was at first, I was a little bit leery about, you know. S- different people from different countries and whatnot, I was like, you know what, bro? You can't be leery. You know, just do your research. You know, find out what you need to find out about the company and the people, man, and go for it and expand your business. Don't be scared to grow. That's so, true. you know, I'm not scared of too much. So <laughs> we we grow it. Now, now one big one big uh, thing that I always get asked is is starting to do business on a global level. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks are starting to starting to think more globally than they are just America or just you know in their state or whatever. How do how does someone start that process of reaching out to people in uh, other countries and start to partner with people in other countries? Are there language barriers to worry about, or are you just using the internet to to seek out the right people? Yeah, a lot of it is internet. Okay. You know, um, member of a lot of groups, you know, a okay. lot of groups um, from LinkedIn to Facebook, you know, I'll search for different topics according to what I'm interested in and I'll go and I'll join the group, Okay, you know, and then you just start mixing, talking to the people. Oftentimes I may be looking for a, um, a, a strategic partner for a specific thing that the company's doing and I may reach out to them and they're trying to sell me their service. And by the time they're, I'm done, we're not, I'm not buying your service, we're partners now. Wow. So I switch wow. around. You know what? I, I can I can pay you for that, but together we can make more money. That's true. And then the eyes and the ears start going up. <laughs> next thing you know, we we partners now. You know, so you know, so you know, building partnerships is a you know really the way to go because you you don't you can only do so much by yourself. Oh yeah. Now, uh, for these young content creators out there, uh, what would you what would, advice would you give them? Uh, like a network like yours, is mm-hmm. that a great place for young content creators to get started or are you looking for someone that's a little bit more seasoned and, and a little bit more professional? No, we're looking for all types of content. You know, okay. um, As long as it's fully produced. We're not looking for video clips and things of that nature. Okay. We need fully produced content, you know, um, from the independent or, you know, the, the new content creators to the more seasoned content creators. We're looking for content that's engaging, informative, you know, entertaining, inspirational, you know, all types of content. But I would say to them, you know, our network is is perfect for you. If okay. you have content that you're looking to get your brand, you know, your um, your message out there. Because we do, again, we, we're not just going to put your content on the network and it just sit there. We're going to work with you to promote that content. You know, we're going to come up with strategies together to market that content so it's not just sitting there. You know, you don't have to do all the work by yourself. You can do it by yourself, but with us, you can do more. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, one one beautiful thing I like what you said was the fact that you actually work with people to help them get their stuff out there. Yeah. Why you as the actual network, why is that important for you to help promote their content? Well, it's, it's important for a couple of reasons. Being an entrepreneur myself, you know, I understand, you know, the, the pitfalls and the hurdles we have to overcome, you know. Even down to the awards and everything that I, I do, I generally create things because I see that me as an individual or an entrepreneur may have need of that. And I say, well, if I need that, it's a whole bunch more people out there like me who need that. So, you know, we look to create those things because we know there's a need for it. Wow. Like this shirt I got on, this Project Soldier 23. This is one of our members here. Okay. Um, it's a nice shirt. Yeah, man. It's uh, Nemesis Ernest Baskin, um, former military. But um, statistics show that 
uh, with 23 soldiers kill themselves, commit suicide a day. And uh, he created this organization to, you know, um, stop suicide, suicide prevention. I think I heard about the organization. Yeah, man. Great organization, man. They do workshops. They work with the veterans. They bring them in and they work, get them behind the camera doing media and they come up with different things to motivate them and inspire them. And if they need help getting their uh, their pension or their, their money started, they do all that sort of thing. All right. Well, Derek, I know you're proud of that because you're yeah, a former veteran yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for, for coming in today and talking to our listeners, man, and letting us know everything that you got going on and what you got coming up. So the ATL Hottest, are you nominating folks right now or? Yeah, right now we are looking, you know, our wars patrol, we were searching social media, you know, and because um, that's what we've had to do. Okay. You know? So we're doing a lot of um, shift to the online categories like the ATL's Hottest online radio personality on atl's hottest online dj we added atl's hottest online party okay you know because the djs are setting it up and they're spinning they got the lights going and you know so they're doing it you know they're they're uh, adjusting to the times okay you know so um again atl's hottest we are looking we're searching social media um i like to say this too there are three ways to get nominated okay all right one way is that the awards patrol and that's myself and it's other individuals who have committed themselves to searching and finding who is the hottest in the ATL and all these different categories. The other way is that the fans can nominate. So the fans can visit atlhottest.com or, or contact one of the awards patrol members and say, hey, this person's hot or this venue is hot and, you know, they should be nominated. And the other way, um, nominees can't nominate themselves, but they can declare themselves ATL's hottest. So to be nominated, you must declare that you are ATL's hottest. You can't, you know be from some other place and say you claim in that place. No, if you live here and okay. you want to be nominated for ATL's Hottest, you have to claim ATL's Hottest as your home to be ATL's Hottest. So um, you can get nominated that way. So once you say, I'm ATL's Hottest, you know, that means that you want the awards patrol to look at you. Okay. And then we'll look at it. Because sometimes people are like, well, I didn't know about the awards and I couldn't get nominated. Well, we didn't. Well, we didn't know you existed, you know, a lot of times. You may be hot. We're on the other side of town. We, you know... Didn't reach you, maybe. You okay. know what I mean. So once you find out about it, you know you can contact us and let us know to take a look at you. And then if we you meet the criteria, you know, because you have to represent for, for everybody else in your category. So you really have to be top notch at what you do to be able to represent. If you win that voted ATL's hottest award, because many are called ATL's hottest, but only a few are voted ATL's hottest at atlshottest.com. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I love it. Nice. Well, thank you. Like I say once again, thank you so much, man. We got to have you back when it, when the voting actually starts and when you when you get the uh, when the award show is up and running, and then you come back and tell everybody about the nominees and everything. Yeah, we'll be starting. We'll be starting the voting in August, in mid August. So I'll be releasing more information about that. That'd be perfect, man. So we'll definitely have you back on as a guest. Once again, if anybody wants to sign up for the network or just stay up with you, how can they uh, get in contact with you? Yeah, again, visit us at P as in Paul, P-K-C-E dot TV, or visit ATLHottest.com. Once again, uh, Bryant K. Marshall, thank you so much, sir. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> Absolutely. And also to my good friend Istar said. Dolores Hicks, Renzi Richardson, Cherish Michaela, Randall Sherrell, uh, Miss Lily, and a whole bunch of more folks joining us. Now it is Derek Jackson. How are we doing today, sir? Doing State good. House Representative, District 61. 64. 64, my 64, bad. I'm so sorry. 64. Add three to that. That's Add it. three. 64. We do more. <laughs> that one down. <laughs> 
What's going on, man? Man, all is well, man. All is well. We're getting ready for the election. Our primary election day is tomorrow, so, you know, okay. we're gearing up. Uh, Georgia's already blue. Everybody keeps saying, man, Georgia's blue. No, we are blue. <laughs> uh, we're just going to make it known. Get all right. Get our people out, yeah. Uh, so how do you think you're going to do? You're going to do, we're going to, we still going to keep you in District 64? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. No, no, it's, it's, it's just been a blessing um, when you, when your constituents already know that you're doing the work. Uh, as a matter of fact, this past weekend on Saturday and Sunday, I spoke at two different, you know, protest rallies and, okay. you know, your constituents see you out there, you, you know, you roll up your sleeve, you're doing the work and they just come up to you and they say, hey, appreciate you, give you a thumbs up and uh, you have our vote. So uh, it's always good, to, you know, to be about our, our business, doing the right thing for the voice of the voiceless and making sure that those who can't, um, you know, have a platform oh, yeah. that, you know, they all, you know, reach out to me by way of social media and, and let me know. And I bring that to the to the Gold Dome, as you already know. Oh, yeah. Now, you guys are getting ready to head back down to the Gold Dome, right? Yeah, June 15th. So, um, we're you know, we've been... Sheltered in place, I guess, 12 weeks. Kev. I know. I can't believe it. 12 weeks. I cannot believe it. Right? I couldn't take it after April. Yeah. I had to go back to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. So um, so we've, we've been sheltered in place for 12 weeks and uh, for the most part. And uh, we go back on June 15th. And the reason being because our number one job is that budget. Right. Yes. And so we got to um, make sure that that budget is done by the end of this month. It's be required by Georgia constitutional law. And uh, we're looking at about $28 billion. We've got about $4 billion shortfall. So we're talking about a lot of money. Now, I, I was wondering, what is he going to do about this? Because we were already cutting out programs left and right, trying to make up for that raise that he promised everybody. Now they're saying that we lost, what, about $4 trillion during this whole COVID crisis and, and the amount of uh, lost revenue between uh, just the businesses being closed, the toll lanes being shut down, they're not making money there. So what are we going to do about this? Yeah, so we have about a $4.5 billion shortfall. And so what we're trying to do, we being the Democratic caucus, is saying, listen, we can mitigate this $4.5 billion shortfall by looking at other ways of generating some revenue. Like, okay. for example, casinos want to come to Georgia. Bad. Right? Bad. I mean— you know, there are several casinos want to come here, and they're talking about billions of dollars, right? That's with a big B. Um, we're looking at uh, we can increase um, cigarette taxes, right? Okay. You know, one that gets— Y'all need to get off, folks. Folks that no, smoke listen. cigarettes already got no problem. I understand, but we're trying to get them healthy, right? <laughs> they ain't going to be able to afford to pay the doc. <laughs> but we're talking about sports betting, okay. horses. I mean, there are other industries that we can bring here— just like how we did the film and the television industry, right? You think about 12 years ago, Georgia was doing about $300 million. Now we're at $9.5 billion in the wow. film industry, right? So we know how to grow industries. There's 18 industries in Georgia. That's the reason why we did exceptionally well. In, in a broad sense, we didn't have to file bankruptcy and things of that nature okay. during the Great Recession. And we can do that again, right? We can do it again. Now, what is the problem with the gambling? Because the simple fact, we already got gambling. We already playing the lottery. I understood it a little bit from Alabama. But even with them, we got casinos. If they're not gambling over here, they're just going right across the line over there to Wind Creek and all the, the uh, casinos right there in Alabama. Well, listen, uh, you know, 
they keep saying it's the Bible Belt, and I get, I get it. You know, we all go to church, right? We all. But you got the lottery. I, I know. We get out of church to go get our lottery ticket. Right, <laughs> right. And well, there's a reason why Alabama put two casinos on our border, and North Carolina put three casinos on our border. Oh yeah, because right? they got the Harris. Right. So, so Georgia's our gambling, and so we're estimating about we're losing about three hundred to four hundred million dollars a year. Wow. Right. So Georgians are going to other places. Um, Vegas, Biloxi, right, um, Louisiana. So we need to just, uh, we, we, we're not saying, you know, for those who continue to use the argument about religion. Okay. Because the lottery is gambling, folks. Exactly. Right? So let's just call it what it is. It's an industry. Not everybody has to participate in that industry, right? It's no different than the sports industry. You may not like baseball or hockey, but we have it, right? And so uh, the casinos is the same thing. You you may not have anything about the Kentucky Derby, but for those who like horses, don't go, right? But exactly. for those who do like to see the horse and bet on horses, go, right? So um, I just think that we don't need to hurt those service industries, right? Education, when you start talking about a 14% cut across all State departments, yeah. right? You talk about mental health, that's a problem. Um, public education, that's a problem, right? You when you start cutting fourteen percent, and we still in a lot of these areas, okay? Let's call it what it is. We haven't recovered from the two thousand eight Great Recession, right? Wow. We took a lot of money from public education, as a matter of fact, but it, we have not fully um, vest back in, or reinvest back into the public education like we have, although the, the the economy is healthy, right? When you look at, if you if you want to use metrics, Wall Street as a metric, we're very healthy. Oh, yeah. Right? So, um, I mean, even with the whole COVID thing, yeah, a lot of businesses were shut down for 90 days, but that didn't stop all this demand. And I think as soon as we got a full, robust economy, you're going to see a whole bunch of pent-up demand that's really going to come out, especially in this third and fourth quarter. We're really going to see a, a great American comeback. Oh, absolutely. And going back to, like, the industry that you're in, right, when you look at those platforms like Netflix, you know, all those streaming platforms, they're doing exceptionally well now, right? Zoom is doing exceptionally well. They oh, went yeah. from... 10 million subscribers. Now they have over 200 million subscribers on Zoom, right? Because shelter in place drove that demand. And and when we're not going back, right? You're not going to see those 200 million subscribers go back down to 10 with Zoom. No, everybody got comfortable. Yep. They 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 like the fact that they can have meetings, multiple meetings and still see someone um and conduct their business, right? And so that's the reason why you see a lot of you know, entrepreneurs getting into that space because, to your point, there's enough room for everybody, oh, yeah. right? The question is, find your niche, and in Georgia, you can find your niche very, very easily because we're growing as a as as a state. Now, another uh, sector that that seems to be growing pretty fast here in Georgia is the tech industry. And a lot of folks is not talking about that. Like there's huge, and there's even a lot of folks in the on the in the uh, black community that the tech industry is really starting to become a big boom. Like you see an app after app come out of uh, out, out of our communities and a lot of these uh, black tech labs and stuff like that. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. When you think about, you mentioned uh, Mayor uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, what they're doing in, in the city of Atlanta, they have incubators. And so other municipalities around Georgia are doing the same thing. They're saying, you know what, we can become the next Silicon Valley, okay. know, for the lack of a better word. But we can create our own research triangle park. We can create our own re- um, Silicon Valley right here. Um, think about uh, a, a lot of up. Uh, it's about 200. When I went over to the Georgia Tech um, Tech Square, they had about 210 small businesses all in the tech world, and they're just all incubators. Wow. And before you know it, they're going to be like MailChimp. They're going to be like Facebook. They're going to be, you know, the next dot-com. Um, so Georgia is a, is a beautiful place to do that. Um, we're doing more with 5G. We're building the infrastructure. And so before you know it, um, we're going to be the tech hub on the East Coast. I right? seriously think You already so. have Facebook. You got Google. You got Apple. You got IBM. They're all right here in Georgia, right? Amazon. They're investing in Georgia. And so what better place if you are a startup company and you want to get into that um, that space? I call it the NASDAQ space, <laughs> right? Get into that space, okay, what better place you, if you're talking about logistics, sourcing, um, aviation, um, um, automobile industry, right? It's all right here. Now, I had no idea. Even some of the rural areas around uh, Georgia is is really booming this day and age. Like Vince Williams down there in uh, Union City, he's got, like, business after business. I even saw uh, Peachtree. You guys are doing a lot of development in that area, too. So what are are some of the emerging markets outside of the Atlanta area? Because everybody always wants to talk about Atlanta, but we don't think about all these cities that surround us. Oh, absolutely. So you think about, for example, in my district alone, you mentioned Mayor Vince Williams. Uh, the Atlanta Metro Studio. Oh yeah, uh, they they repurposed that area where it used to be um, a, a mall, right? They knocked it down and they have a a, a beautiful uh, a movie studio right there, and, and that's growing. And then on the other side of my district, uh, in Fayetteville, we have Pinewood Studios, right? And Pinewood Studios is is growing uh, leaps and bounds. Oh yeah, um, they won't and- even let me on the property. <laughs> I get to stand outside and look at the sign. <laughs> But, but but we're expanding, too, because we realize that there are other ancillary businesses, too. So when you think about um, the number of restaurants that are opening, cigar shops, okay. right, um, because everybody wants a meeting spot. So um, a, a different type of Class A buildings are opening up because, you know, just like how everybody used Starbucks, for example, as a gathering spot. There, there, there are new models, if you will, okay. to allow for entrepreneurs to come in, rent a space, um, have some collaborative meetings, and that particular business is growing as well. So um, we're doing a lot down, you know, I call it the south, south you know, side of Atlanta. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, College Park, Union City, Fairburn, East Point. We're, we're doing a lot down there. So, it's, so we're leveraging what they're doing in the city of Atlanta. But you have to, um, uh, to your point, spill over and look at what we're doing in terms of the airport. I mean, the proximity of the airport is helping our businesses grow as well. Wow. Now, we're going to take a break real quick. But when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the reemergence of events and uh, sports coming back because I think that's going to be a, a big, huge thing because I know the Atlanta Hawks is ready to get back out there. Hopefully we're going to win something this year. Uh, <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know the Falcons. <laughs> 
are already practicing everything. So when we come back, we're still sitting here with um, State Representative Derek Jackson and Bryant K. Marshall. We'll be right back after this. KC Pride. This Kenny Yana. And we ask you to tune in to ABJ Radio right here on the Real 1100 AM every Monday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Whether you're in your car, on your phones, or at your job. Tune in to ABJ Radio, the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. Monday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey folks, Handsome Josh is here to reveal some big news to all the AM1100 listeners. I have an app. That's right, you can now check out all your favorite programs right here on The Real with The Real 1100 app. Whether it's sports, entertainment, or lifestyle, The Real 1100 definitely has you covered. So why don't you just tell me how much it's going to cost me? And here's the best part. It's available in your Google Play or Apple App Store, and it's free to download. Actually... You can count me in on this one. So download the Real 1100 app today and stay in tune with The Real. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. This station and the Beasley Best Community of Caring want to protect your family. Get everyday prevention tips at cdc.gov COVID-19. And we are back with the number one rated business show right here on The Real 1100 AM. Once again, I'm your host, KC Pride, And we are here with State House Representative Derek Jackson. And we got a new guest joining us, uh, Mr. Alfonso Cross from the parlor. Hello, hello. <laughs> I, think, I think I caught him off guard. He wasn't ready for that one. Oh, it's, it's my okay. bad. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. Good to see you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Finishing up the conversation, uh, Derek. But we're, we, we're getting close to reopening. So when we when we going to actually see some sporting events and will we get to see the end of the basketball season this year? You know, data is nothing but facts, right? Okay. And so what we don't want to do is accelerate uh, this pandemic, right, by allowing everyone to start, you know, coming into this gathering spot okay. of, of different venues, um, the example that I use, Kev, is the Atlanta Hartsfield International Airport. Okay. Uh, every year we have anywhere between 110 to 114 million visitors that come through that airport. Wow. Right? So Georgia is a global hub. And so when you look at the coronavirus, what really shut things down uh, the last three months is that you have this virus that, one, we, didn't ha- we don't have a vaccine. Uh, it just took everybody by, by surprise. Uh, we had a lack of leadership at the top, right? Okay. Um, and so uh, it really took everybody surprise. So you had to basically do shelter in place. And the only thing shelter in place did, it, it didn't have a remedy 
other than to slow this thing down. Okay. Right? And so you have over 100,000 Americans that died from this virus. So just because folks starting to, you know, open up the states and going to beaches and restaurants, that doesn't mean that this virus is gone. We still do not have a a, a vaccine. Um, We have some things that we can do to sort of mitigate it, right, Um, as we went along the last three months. And so what you don't want to do is, let's say, start opening up the sports, right? I mean, that's where you, you, again, you're getting folks from across the United States coming here to watch sports, you know, sports enthusiasts from neighboring states, et cetera. And then all of a sudden the virus breaks out again. Now you got to shut everything down, right, because we still don't have a vaccine and we don't want to overwhelm our hospital system. And so the question is this. Do you want to be that organization, that CEO, that chair, and, and now all of a sudden your face, your company, your organization will be tied to um, uh, starting up this, this pandemic again? Because okay. we know it's going to come back. This, the epidemiologists already said that it's going to come back because the, the regular flu season and then you got this virus that we're still trying to combat. So do we open up colleges? Do we allow for our children to go back to K-12? Do we allow for, um, you know, open up all the airways to all the countries around the world because they're going to come through Atlanta? It falls in the depend column, right? Okay. And so um, you, you have two different schools of thoughts. One school of thought is if we don't see any difference in the data, Let's go ahead, slowly but surely, open it up. But what happens if you open up the football season and then all of a sudden you can't finish the football season or you go back to basketball season and you can't finish the basketball season or so on, baseball season, so on and so forth. So that's where a lot of owners are trying to hedge their bets. Um, Do we do something, uh, you you know, what they did uh, a couple weeks ago, they had the event, but they had no audience. Okay, right? it, it, it's that's it's almost it's weird. It, it's almost like having a peanut butter jelly sandwich without the peanut butter. Right, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Right, okay. so um, the that's going to be the real question. We we have to lead this thing by way of data. That's the only factual information. We don't need another death of any American dying of this virus because we didn't take the proper precaution and we still do not have a vaccine to combat this. I think that's actually a perfect segue into Mr. Cross sitting here with us because you are finally able to reopen your establishment, correct? Yes, yes. So you guys are getting ready to open tomorrow or are you opening today? Uh, Wednesday. So our um, our reopen date is Wednesday. Um, uh, Jesus, what are we at? June 10th, right? Now, how long have you been closed now? Um, <clears throat> we closed that second week in March. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, to a business owner, because it's, it's very few times that we actually get a chance to, to see somebody that uh, has had to deal with what you have uh, as far as having to be shut down this sure, long. Sure, sure. How, how, does, how does that affect you? Well, I mean, it's, it's, this whole thing is, has been very odd, right? So the hospitality business is based on being hospitable. It's obviously at the root word. And so to 
how do you operate a business that demands, requires um, for you to engage with people uh, in a very, some might say, in a very intimate setting, in a very intimate sort of way, um, while at the same time not talking to them, your mouth is covered, we've got a mask on, you got you got to, people can only sit for two minutes, you got to be outside. It's, it's just very, it's very professionally jarring, you okay. know? And so it is very similar to sort of the, the basketball conversation, you know? It's just... How are you gonna? How do you play the game without the people? Wow. Um, and we're having to play the game without the people. Um, or how do you play the game with a fraction? You know, I mean, we're talking a, a, a absolute fraction of the people that you would normally be able to speak to. And so that's why operating, trying to figure out how to operate, and then also trying to figure out how to maintain your brand is very difficult. So it's not. I don't believe in for my brand. Anyways, for Parlor, we created something very curated. We really wanted um, a place for people of color to come and commune and abide. I mean, we're very adamant about that. And we took a lot of time on the design and the cocktails and the, it's beautiful. And the glassware. And I mean, everything is about this very curated experience. And so how do I maintain that brand and then tell people, well, you know what we're going to do now is we're going to put up some tents and throw you out in the parking lot and you know, throw stuff in plastic cups and you got to come get it and don't touch me and talk to me. Like, it's just... It just doesn't weird. And so it's been very psychologically jarring to try and figure this out because it is a bit of a Rubik's Cube just when you think you've got all the, the colors lined up, right? The, the yellow doesn't match. Um, it's been obviously very financially jarring, right? Okay. We went from being in business one day to like out of business the next day. That's just insane from a, from a small business owner standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, now, did you get any of the, the federal help or... Or we did, and but it's also, but that's also just kind of a hot mess, right? And so, because the numbers don't add up, right? Yeah. N- none of the math is correct. Yeah. Um, so what they are doing is they're basing everything based on your payroll, right? And so, there's a couple different things with this, and, and without being long-winded, but there's a couple different things with this. So this is one of the challenges: number one, of small black business owners, right? Um, and just small business owners in general. But black businesses are unable to get capital just yep. to begin with right, right. so let's that's just right. make sure that's very clear that's right you cannot go to a bank and get cap well banks aren't in the business of like they used to be of, of startup capital but it doesn't matter you can't get capital as a black business owner so you have to get capital in one of just a few different ways number one cash that you might just have in your back pocket number two some sort of access to credit cards that you might have in your back pocket number three your mama or your aunt or somebody that's going to believe in you uh, number four, and this is actually a real conversation. I have this conversation a lot, and it's and it's real because it it means something. Is dope boys in neighbor in black communities are banks, and the reason why they're banks and the reason why they do what they do is because at, on a real financial level, you cannot get capital if you are in you're trying to open up something in Bide City, English Avenue, Mechanics. I mean, the list goes on and on. The West End, Castleberry Hill, the list literally goes on and on and on. And so Dope Boys have been for black communities or that sort of element of society, that's that, that sub-element of society, has very much been the bank for a lot of black, small black business owners. And so when you have all these things sort of stacked up against you, and then you have something like this pandemic to hit, oh. and then for the pandemic to, to shut you down financially... And then for the pandemic to say, all right, well, we're going to the government to say, we're going to help you out. No problem. We're going to this is what you got to do. You need to fill out all this paperwork. And you got to do all this stuff. In or, having capital allows you to have a team. Yep. Now, I've always said that 
it's important to get a team first so you can have access to capital, right? And I still believe in that. But when you have something like this, you really need to make sure that you have the right people in your corner. I had a, a buddy of mine, um, he, the lawyer, the accountant, and a couple other, his, his payroll comp services company, all these sat in a room and got it together. Wow. That's a check. Okay. Right? That's a check. <laughs> no, there's no not too many lawyers, not too many people putting this stuff together for you that's not going to either do one of two things. Take your money on the front end, right? Meaning you need to, to pay them for services rendered or take a cut of the money on the back end, right? True. Which means you have to pay them for services rendered. And so that's a long-winded answer to why this has been very jarring to the black community, never mind the fact that 90% of small black businesses are sole proprietorships, but it's been very jarring to the black community because we don't really have the access to the capital that allows us to go ahead and get at this money the way that some of these big boys have done it. Oh, yeah. And it's not sustainable, right? I mean, if you think about the PPP, you know, to his point, it's only looking at payroll. It's not looking at the leasing, the, the the equipment is so that whole formula was wrong from the start. Oh yeah, it's super flawed from the start. Payroll only, payroll is only anywhere from ten to twenty percent of your bottom line expense. I mean, of your gross revenue, right? If your payroll is more than that, you have an upside down business all mm-hmm. over the place, and you should already be out of business. So if you say that, let's just cut the difference and just say that your payroll is fifteen percent of your your your, I mean, fifteen percent of your expenses, then the the math doesn't work on taking your payroll number, multiplying it by 2.5, which is the mm-hmm. the way they did the multiplier, mm-hmm. and then saying 75% of that is you don't have to pay it back because you're going to use it for payroll. By the way, if you dumped 75% of your money at your employees over that course of time, it actually doesn't add up. Like You'd have to pay your employees like three times what you would normally pay them to pay them that amount of money that fast. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And so then they're saying then the remaining 25% you can use on your rent, your insurance. By the way, this list is a laundry list of expenses that far exceeds payroll. Oh, yeah. Far exceeds payroll. Right. Oh, I've seen it. That's Trust right. me. Right. That's right. So that that's why the math doesn't work. And if I had to guess a lot of small business owners who didn't sort of super get it in or whatever, which, by the way, was our case. We were hyper conservative. I had to do all the paperwork myself. We did not get – we got the funding, but we didn't get – very much money at all. Like it, it was almost. I'm telling you, the, the crazy thing happened to me. I actually got the money right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up one Saturday morning and had a whole bunch of money in my account from the SBA, and I'm like, "What is this?" Then I remember I filled out the EIDL, all the paperwork, and all this type of stuff. A couple weeks ago, found out I didn't actually get approved. So now they was like, "Well, you don't, uh, you can't get forgiveness. You got to pay the money back or whatever." I said, "Well, why are y'all tell me that beforehand, and why would y'all throw money in my account if I wasn't approved for the thing?" So it's just I, I I get what you mean with the with the whole confusing thing. It, it is a hot mess. It really is. Now, one thing I gotta say, congratulations on being able to reopen because I know a lot of businesses <laughs> mm-hmm. that will not be able to reopen. Like sure. seriously, I know a lot of black businesses that we have just completely lost. Yeah. So first of all, congratulations. But what's the reopening plan? You got a big party, or because what what well, what's the restrictions though? Are they still having the no more than twenty five people? Well, this goes back to leadership, right? And so good luck with answers around any of this stuff. Okay. So I'll, I'll answer the first part of the question, and then I'll answer the second part of the question. Okay. And so the first part of the question is we are reopening. We're, um, we reopen on Wednesday, June 10th at 6 o'clock. Um, our hours of operation are, are Wednesday through Saturdays from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. Okay. 
for the first 30 to 60 days as we dip our toes back into the water and all this. Um, we're not throwing a big party. We can't, right? Um, we're being, uh, one, that was one of the other sort of concerns that I had about being a, a, a black business owner serving a, my, my people, right, is that I also wanted to uh, operate, um, um, Jesus, what's the word I want to say? I wanted to operate responsibly. Okay. Um, and so we are adhering to social guidelines. Um, I mean, to the social distancing guidelines or really the physical distancing guidelines. Um, and so our total capacity for our space is 50 and we are, um, we're able to max out at 20. So, and that's the sad part because CDC is looking at it from a public health perspective, Kev, but, but in the hospitality world, his business model was based on maximum capacity. And so now if you cannot have maximum capacity of folks to come in there for dining or, or any other services, and he has to cut that by a quarter or whatever to meet the social distancing requirements, that's extra dollars lost because his business w- is based on a model that was not designed for the CDC public health model. Wow. Well, I, I, I apologize to you. They're telling me I got to wrap the show up, and he fixed to start playing the music on me soon. But this Friday on Under the Gold Dome with this host right here, uh, State House Representative Derek Jackson, we will be talking about small business. And I think you would be a perfect uh, guest to be on this show to talk about your experience. Uh, this is Under the Gold Dome. It's with uh, State Representative Derek Jackson, along with uh, also Roger Bruce. And we talk about all these type of issues, and it's you talking directly to your legislators and the people that can actually make some changes. So can I get your commitment on being a guest this Friday at 1 o'clock? You got it. All right. Perfect. <laughs> this Friday at 1 o'clock, join us right here on Facebook uh, on Facebook Live under the Gold Dome. Make sure that you like the page. Make sure you follow the page. That way you get notified. Thanks so much to my guest, uh, State House Representative Derek Jackson. Please go vote for him tomorrow. Alfonso Cross, the owner of the parlor, and Bryant K. Marshall, ATL's hottest. I'm your host, KC Pride. Follow me on social media. I am KC Pride. Uh, follow me on Facebook at I am Casey Pryor. I ain't gonna stop talking to you. Maybe cut it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, we are out. Thank y'all.